Hello and welcome to another edition of Naya Wrestling. It's me here, Mark Sylvester, and I hope to be reminding long-time fans and showing non-fans why wrestling is so good. And so then guys, what I want to be doing today is, as you already know, I'm currently reviewing the Big Four WWE pay-per-views where I recently, a few months ago, reviewed the Royal Rumble. And I'm going to be reviewing when it happens, WrestleMania, SummerSlam and the Survivor Series. And what I want to do then guys is, because I'm a really big fan of AEW as well as WWE, I'm also reviewing their pay-per-views because there's only four of them a year. So it feels like, to me, AEW's version of the Big Four. And these pay-per-views are Revolution, Double or Nothing, All Out, and Full Gear. And so for today's review, guys, I'm going to be reviewing AEW Revolution from Orlando, Florida. Revolution live on pay-per-view, the main event for the biggest prize in our sport. Hangman Adam Page defends the AEW World Championship against the undefeated top-ranked Adam Cole. Who do you want to win in this one? Yeah, I agree with you. CM Punk. CM Punk, MJF. In a dog collar match, and they scoured that one is going to get violence. And you want to talk about violence? John Moxley said for him to accept Brian Danielson's offer, they have to bleed together first. Will that be the case tonight? Members of the AHFO: Matt Hardy, Andre El Idolo, Isaiah Cassidy, in a tornado trio match against TNT champion Sammy Guevara, Darby Allin, and Sting. And the AEW Women's World Championship on the line, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, against her arch rival, the number one ranked Thunder Rosa. Wardlow, Keith Lee, Powerhouse Hobbs, Orange Cassidy, Ricky Starks, and the latest one to enter, Christian Cage in the face of the Revolution ladder match. The winner will go on to get a TNT championship shot. And not only that, the TBS Championship, Jade Cargill, undefeated, undeniable, but she will have her toughest test yet against Ty Conti. In addition, the AEW World Tag Team Championship in a three-way. It'll be Red Dragon, the Young Bucks, and the champs, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. But then one of the most heated rivalries here in AEW, and it will be how we kick off Revolution. The Mad King, Eddie Kingston, goes one-on-one -on -one with the influencer, Chris Jericho. Now then, guys, for this review of uh, Revolution, I'm going to be doing it in the same similar vein as I did for the Royal Rumble, where I'm going to be talking about each match individually and mentioning what I liked about it, what I didn't like about it, and that kind of thing as well. The rating, I'll give the match, and at the end of the review, uh, you're also going to have my MVP and match of the night. So to begin with, guys, we have the opening match between Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. Now, guys, this match was really, really good. I loved the heated rivalry between the two of them. Obviously, uh, Eddie Kingston wanted to bring back the old Chris Jericho. And I thought this match was really, really good because it showed Chris Jericho when he's at his best, when he's able to put in the work. He's like one of the best of all time. Eddie Kingston's just so good on the mic. The fans love him. You can see that really great baby face fire that he has and stuff and how he's just so good at anything that he does. He's so believable. And I, I, and I just think that um, it's just really, really cool just to see him like get put over so strong by Chris Jericho. And I mean with the fact that he won the match. I just think it's just fantastic. And it's just a really cool thing to see because it's just putting over just uh, uh, the heart, the hardness as well as like the 
influence of All Japan and, all, and New Japan, all the other sort of promotions that Eddie Kingston has watched and followed throughout his career. It's just really, really cool to see him do so well. And that's why I'll give this match, guys, a three out of five. It was a really good opener, really fast, really great stuff, and I'm just really happy with the result of Eddie Kingston winning. And the next match we had was for the AEW World Tag Team Championship between the champions Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus Red Dragon versus the Young Bucks. Now, guys, this match was really, really good. It was so fast-paced, so much great action. Luchasaurus looked, looked like a boss. Red Dragon were shown to be like, you can realise why so many people like these guys. The Young Bucks, obviously the Young Bucks, like if, if you've watched one Young Bucks match, you probably watched them all. As much as a fan I was when I was uh, younger and stuff and how much when I met them they were really cool and that sort of thing. But recently I've kind of gone off them a lot now because I kind of feel like for me, when you've seen a Young Bucks match, you've kind of seen them all. And it's like as much as I love that fast pace, all the amazing super kicks, all the, all the amazing moves that they do, it kind of becomes a bit like, okay, this is boring now. What else can you do? And as much as I love their match from... Um, full gear the previous year when he wrestled against um, the Lucha Brothers and that was a great match because it kind of felt a bit different and I felt like when it was Luchasaurus or Jungle Boy against the Red Dragon that was when for me was the best parts of these matches because these two teams were able to work so well with each other you could see just how good of a babyface Jungle Boy is just how strong of like a big man Luchasaurus is is all the big moves that he can do and also it's just really really cool just to see some of the amazing moves and spots that Red Dragon were able to do like Kyle O'Reilly just doing these amazing stuff and showing off his great skill and you've also got uh, Bobby Fish doing his awesome stuff as well and it's just really cool to kind of like see them again in um, AEW because even though yesterday the uh, rivalry was between in NXT, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. It's just really cool to kind of see that, in a sense, the three of them joining back up again. And it just shows that when they're put properly together, just how great of a tandem that all three of them are. And I also, as well, I love the finish. It was really good to see the Young Bucks lose the match because I was expecting it to be one of um, the Red Dragon to lose. But it was just cool to kind of have that. And it was just really, really cool as well just to see... Um, Luchasaurus get the pin because it's it's really cool to see him get more over and stuff. And I'll probably give this match probably four stars out of five. I mean, this match for me was just great. And it's really cool to see just how good Red Dragon really are where they're able to show off their prowess and their great in-ring ability. And the next match that we have, guys, is uh, for the face of the revolution. This is basically the ladder match where they have to get like a brass ring and it looks like Sonic's ring, which is fucking awesome. And this match is between Christian Cage versus Keith Lee versus Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus the FTW champion Ricky Starks versus Wardlow. Now this match, guys, is a bit of a weird one because even though it's a bit weird to see people like Keith Lee... Powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow all in the same match together because you kind of want to separate them in the sense because you want to make them each feel unique and different to the other ones. But it was really cool to see them all three together as well because you can just see the power, the moves, the strikes, just the big spots that all these six men did. Like you can see just how much of a um, pro and a veteran that Christian is that you can be like, even though he could do these big spots and this sort of things, he did, he did some amazing bits and amazing spots, etc. But he did it in such a way that he didn't really take away from the match. And I think for me, that's really, really good because 
And even though he's been in so many different ladder matches, like the triple threat, uh, the tag team ladder match at No Mercy 99, the TLC one from SummerSlam, the two ladder matches slash TLC two from WrestleMania 16 and 17 and all the other ladder, uh, ladder matches he's had in the future and stuff that he's able to use the big moves that he does do in the match. He's able to sell it really well to make it seem really important because as much as I love ladder matches and, and as much as I love this match, I felt like for me, even though there were some great spots like obviously Ricky starts taking some massive and crazy bumps, Keith Lee doing some amazing dives and stuff that he does because he's so good and seeing like powerhouse Hobbs do some amazing stuff as well. I feel like for me, in a sense, with some ladder matches, besides the amazing match between Cody Rhodes uh, versus Sammy Guevara, I feel for me that with ladder matches, you kind of like, in a sense, there's nothing really unique about them anymore because it's one of those things. But then again, being a wrestling fan, as long as I have, I've kind of seen throughout the history of professional wrestling a lot. And I feel for me, I'm not really as surprised anymore. But then at the same time, there were some moments that even I was just thinking like, fucking hell, that must have hurt a lot. But also at the same time, it was quite cool to kind of just see the way that the match ended with Wardlow winning the match. And even though some people were moaning about the way that even though he had the chance to go get the brass ring before he actually got the brass ring, that he was like, why did he go out to the outside and start beating on Keith Lee, etc.? But actually, in the logical sense, you can see why he would do that, though, because he wanted to wear them down. So then when they were knocked out, they'll be out for longer, which then when he finally got the brass ring, it actually made a bit more sense. Because if they were still fresh, they would have instantly been able to take him off the ladder to then give him a big spot where if he was able to wear them down, they was able to get the ladder. And that's where Wardlow won the match and is going to be wrestling for the... AW TNT Championship in the future. And what I'll give this match, guys, will probably be three and a half out of five. I mean, there were some great spots throughout the match. Uh, there were some great moments as well. And I think it just shows just how good Keith Lee is, Wardlow is, Powerhouse Hobbs, Christian is, and etc. that kind of thing as well. But I think for me, with some ladder matches, when you've kind of seen several recently, they kind of lose a bit of their luster. And I'm hoping that with a ladder match not being around for a while, it will then bring back ladder matches back to the forefront again because it's one of those things that even though we've seen so many amazing spots and so many amazing different moments throughout the history of ladder matches, I feel for me that by having too many ladder matches, it kind of tarnishes the legacy of the match and you find that if you don't see the, basically in the same sense as a hell in a cell, the whole excellence and caboodle, as it were, that you're kind of disappointed. And I feel for me, this is what happened to me with this ladder match. Because even though there were some great moments, showing off the great power of Wardlow, the great amazing moves of Ricky Starks and um, Keith Lee. But to be honest with you guys, I was just expecting a little bit more. And the next match that we have is for the TBS Women's Championship between Jade Cargill versus Ty Conti. This also as well, I found was a really good match. I mean... Jay Cargill was just amazing. I love this woman. I mean, the fact that she came out as Jade from the Mortal Kombat series is just even more fucking awesome, even more of like a chef's kiss, as it were. And I just think for me that she is such a great heel. She is just so good at her role. She's just so good at everything that she does that I just think she should be just pushed to the moon. And I think with some more like fine-tuning and her developing herself to become even better and better and better and better and better that I think she would be 
one of the biggest stars in the entirety of AEW. And I mean, the fact as well, just how good that she is, that she was able to be the person who, in one of her first matches ever, tag teamed up with Shaq. And I think that's a really cool moment as well for her too, that she was able to tag team up with one of the greatest basketball players of all time. I mean, I know, honestly, for me, being such a Bulls fan, I think um, watching The Last Dance, as you guys probably remember, Michael Jordan, for me, is the GOAT, the greatest of all time in basketball and a lot of sports in general. But I think, for me, Shaq is very well up there as well. And I think it was really, really cool to have this amazing woman uh, have one of her first matches tag team, uh, tag team with such a great and iconic professional basketball player that it was just really, really cool. And also, as well, guys, there were some really great moments here. Like, it showed off the great uh, finacity, the great, like, babyface fire of Tay Conti, the fact that Anna Jay came out as well to support her and stuff. And you saw just her, like, war paint that she wore and her showing off the Brazilian flag on her way down to represent the country and stuff. I thought it was a really, really cool moment as well. Uh, just also, as well, I really liked the way that she incorporated the kiss in the match as well, Jay Cargill, to Tay Conti to kind of be like, that's like the kiss of death kind of thing. And I thought it was a really cool sort of moment in the match as well. I just think just both of them like probably struggling it out. And I love the fact as well that Jay Cargill is the winner and she won too, because I think that they should really push her so far to the moon. And hopefully she has a match uh, against the AW Women's Championship in a title for title match where she then wins that title too and goes on to go forth and do bigger and better things. And so, guys, we'll give this match will probably be another three out of five. I mean, the match was pretty good for what it was. It was a short match. You got to see just how good both these women are. And it'll be really cool in the future just to see how far, like, like I said, Jay Cargill can and will go because she's so charismatic. She's so amazing. And I think for me, she is my favourite women's wrestler besides obviously Brick Baker and Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb of the women's division. And I'm just so happy to see her with the uh, TNT Championship because this is helping her build up to when she does finally lose, it will become a big thing as she is still undefeated in AEW. And the next match we had, guys, was for me the match I was most excited for. And that is the dog collar match between CM Punk versus MJF. And I thought it was really cool watching this match live because when they were playing Cult of Personality, I was thinking, why is Punk coming out first? Punk usually comes out like second in most matches because he's the face and they like to do that with the face stuff. Uh, when you heard MGS theme play on, you were like, that little fucker. Can't believe he just did that to the fans and everyone at home was like, the little bastard. I thought it was really, really clever. And then you saw Punk's entrance, which is basically, uh, which was a homage and a... Um, like retelling in a sense of his old uh, Ring of Honor entrance because it had the AFI song that he had I used to come out to before Cost Personality. He came in the gear that he had his last dog collar match with because the build up to this match was just so good that MJF was actually using a lot of Punk's promo against him. The fact that um, it was actually quite funny that a lot in the in a lot of the promos watching the videos back when Punk was mentioning about his uh, older dog collar match he had against Raven and Ring of Honor and stuff that they were using the clips of him saying the stuff with MGF and I thought it was really really well together and it just shows just as well because obviously now Teddy Khan owns Ring of Honor that it was just really cool to see Punk kind of go back to his sort of like roots. By being a part of Ring of Honor within the trunks with the punk and the three X's and stuff and then the jacket he was wearing and stuff and I just think it was a really cool moment and it was just a 
great way for him to come out because it's one of those little things that even though the, the announcers were announcing saying, oh my God, CM Punk's coming out to his Ring of Honor theme tune. He's wearing his Ring of Honor attire, etc. That sort of thing as well. And it's just one of those really cool things too that if you did, if you if you knew what it was, you'd be like, oh my God, this is amazing. But if you didn't know what it was, it was still really cool as well because Punk is just fucking awesome. And for me, will always be one of, or if not my favourite wrestler of all time. Now, onto the match itself. I mean, this match was just brilliant. was just fucking brutal. Uh, I mean, the way that Punk just came all out against MGF, the way that MGF was just attacking Punk, the way that both men just bled profusely. Some of the big moments in the match was, like, the way that Punk gave MGF a tombstone on the apron, which was amazing. And the way as well that when you had um, CM Punk on the mat... And then you had, obviously, MGF taunting Punk and saying, you're going to quit, aren't you, Punk, and stuff. Because, obviously, this is a whole thing of why MGF is like what he is, because he blames Punk for what he did by leaving the WWE. I thought it was a really cool sort of, like, picture storyline as well, when Punk was like, fuck you, Maxwell. And I thought it was really, really cool, because it shows that whole hatred as well. And even even though I thought the thumbtacks kind of took away, in a slight way to the match in itself, but I felt the same way it added in a way too because it just shows the brutality and the way that even though MJF knew that he was able to win, he wanted to add that insult to injury by bringing in the tax. And I thought it was really cool as well just to see when Wardlow came out and he was like, where's the ring to MJF? He couldn't find it. But then to Punk, he was able to put it to the side where that was how MG, uh, Wardlow was able to turn. And I just think it was a really cool moment that you had the way that MJF won was the way that Punk won, where um, Punk usering against MGF after MGF received a GTS where he fell into the tax. I just thought it was just a really cool moment and was just great storytelling because it brought back something that Punk lost to. He used that same Pacific ring to then win the match, to then win the feud, to then hopefully Punk in the future goes on to wrestle for the AW Championship and win. And what I'll give this match, guys, will probably be... Four and a half out of five. I mean, this match was just brilliant. I mean, it was just fantastic. Just a whole old school feel to the match. Like, you just saw the hatred between the two men. The amount of blood that both men bled as well was just fantastic. Uh, and I just think, for me, that um, it was just one of those matches that will still hold up. And I think that people will remember just how good this match is. Because you can just see just the great story. Just the great, like in-ring action just the great oh everything in general overall about the match and just overall about just how good these two men are that they were able to put on the match that was the longest of the entire card being over 25 minutes and they had the fans in the palm of their hands and whatever they did people were biting on people were very excited to watch this match and i think the way that they ended the match in the way that punk won was very, very fitting because that was the way that Punk lost in a match in Chicago. And the next match that we had on the card, guys, was for the AW Women's Championship between uh, the champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Thunder Rosa. Now, guys, this was another match that I've enjoyed, and I think both these women are fantastic and stuff, and I think both women... Uh, had one of the best matches last year in the um, Lights Out match. And I think these two worked really well together. But I feel for me, one of the things that kind of took away from the match was... I, I understand in wrestling, you like having a bit of interference because you don't always want the heel to look really strong. You want the heel to win in a cheating manner and that kind of bollocks. But I feel for me, it just happened far too much. 
And I feel for me as well, as much as I love the sports feel of AEW, as much as I love the referees, and I would say the same thing about WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Rev Pro, etc. I just felt like the referee was just stupid. I mean, the amount of times that Rebel and Jimmy Hater interfered, I'm like, why the hell didn't the referee just get them out of the ring or get them out, like, to the back? Like, what the fuck? Like, the amount of times they both interfered and the, and the way that Thunder Rosa lost as well, I felt for me, was a bit underwhelming because I understand they want to do it in Texas and hopefully do the big moment in the big steel cage match they're going to be having, etc. But I feel for me, they should have either have left this match and done it in Texas and just kept them off the card or they should have just pulled the trigger here. Because I felt the way that Thunder Rosa lost was a bit underwhelming because she was able to kick out of a um, stomp. But she wasn't able to kick out of a second stomp even though it was just from a distraction. Well, I can understand if it was maybe from a belt shot and then the stomp it would have worked. But it just just felt a bit weird and I just felt for me it was just a bit underwhelming where I'm hoping their next match on Dynamite will be a far better match that the two of them deserve to have because these two women are fantastic. And that's why, guys, I'll give this match probably two and a half out of five. I mean, like I said, the match was all right. Didn't didn't really like the interference. And that's why I'm hoping that when they have their steel cage match on Dynamite, getting the time it deserves that they put this match to absolute shame because these two women are fantastic. Because even though the fans really got into the match into the last six minutes, and that was when they were going into the second game and got really going, etc., I think that by having a really great crowd, a really great moment in etc., you can just see just how good these two women really, really are. And then the next match that we have, guys, is between Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. Now then, guys, this match was another really good match too. I thought this match, I thought this match was great. I mean, the fact that both men had some really good like um, grappling style ma- um, like moves against each other and stuff. I also love the fact as well that. Um, just you had the brutality as well of the whole aspect of the great, like the the blood and stuff and the great like movements and the great strike stuff by John Moxley. You have the great technical aspect of, as well of Brian Danielson. You're able to see just how good both these men are. And it's just a really cool thing to see as well. Just these two just have such a great match. And it was just a really interesting way as well that how John Moxley won. I mean, he was in uh, one of Brian Danielson's big uh, submission moves like like the triangle move, but he was able to then power bomb um, Brian Danielson to then pin him, and I think that was a really cool moment because he was able to use Brian Danielson's technical prowess against him, and I thought it was a really cool moment as well because after the match, when obviously John Moxley won, both men were fighting against each other. There was a lot of ringing, ringing of the bell, and they wanted to just attack each other more and stuff as well. Oh my fucking god, William Regal is in AEW. I, uh, for me, I was just like, when I saw that moment, I was like, oh my fucking God, it's William Regal, bro. It's fucking William Regal. He's an AE fucking W. Oh my fucking God. And I thought that was a really cool moment as well, just to see him there. And it's just really, really cool as well to kind of see him as both men's managers. And I'm hoping that they can put more people to go with them so then we can see and uh, so that we can start a faction with Brian Danielson, uh, John Moxley and William Regal bringing up and help train up some of the more like newer guys like Ricky Starks etc just help propel them to superstardom and with saying that guys what I'll probably give this match is a probably four out of five I mean this match for me was really really good just shows how amazing Brian Danielson is and just how good John Moxley is 
But to be honest with you guys, I would love any match if they had the debut of William Regal. I mean, it's fucking William Regal in AEW. And I think for me, he's always been one of my all-time favourites. And it's just so good to finally see him um, in AEW. Because when I heard that he got fired by the WWE, I was just like, what the fuck are they doing? Uh, why are they fired? One of the greatest minds, one of the best people in the whole of the WWE for what he's done with the great before they obviously became NXT 2.0, where he was able to pluck from all the different indies and help train and help develop all these amazing stars that they have in either NXT and the main roster, etc. and stuff. And I just think for me now seeing William Regal in AEW, hopefully he'll be able to use his prowess, his great mind and just his great um history and, and everything else to make aw a far more bigger and better product and the next match that we have guys is the penultimate match and it is the tornado trios match is between darby allen Sammy guevara and the icon sting versus andrade el ilidio asaya cassidy and matt hardy now then, guys, this match for me as well was another really good match. I mean, for being like the match right before the main event and between the big match of Brian Danielson versus John Moxley and the main event being who's going to be in the main event, it worked fantastically well. All these men were able to put on some great stuff. I mean, the fact that Sting, at the age of 62, flew off from the balcony, threw four tables onto Andrade, which is fucking insane. Uh, you can also see as well just how good Andrade is, because I think... Andrade, for me, is one of the best wrestlers in the world. His match against Johnny Gargano from uh, TakeOver Philadelphia was one of the best matches that I've ever seen in my life. I thought that match was fantastic. And I'm just really, really glad just to see uh, him being brought more towards the forefront. And it's just really cool as well to see Darby Allen do really, really well. And it's also as well to see Sammy Guevara do some amazing spots and just show just how good he is because for me, Sammy Guevara is one of those great baby faces that has such great baby face fire that he's able to kind of like, same with Darby Allen, people just gravitate towards these people because they're like, they're unique, they're different and even though they do these amazing death-defying moves which sometimes when I watch Darby Allen do some of the stuff that he does, like he did that crazy, he does the coffin drop, he does some amazing uh, and just ma uh, death-defying stuff as well that he can do for different matches and I'm like, what the fuck am I seeing? Like, what the hell? And how the fuck is men not dead? And it's just cool because it kind of like brings that uniqueness and the sort of like differentness of uh, AEW and I think it's really cool as well to see with the fact as well that you have Sting with Darby Allen. and I think that those two work really well together and I think with Matt Hardy and Asai Cassidy, that you can just see just how great of a heels these men are to be able to put over these uh, great men and just to show them just how good they are. And it was just the, the whole franticness of the match and just the whole fastness of the match that that they were able to, even though the whole pay-per-view in itself has been on for just over four hours and you had the pre-matches of being about an hour as well, that the fans still got really into this match. I just think it just shows just how great all six men are to be able to pull this off and to be able to get the fans into the palm of their hands and it just shows just how good of an icon and a legend that Sting really is. And what I'll give this match then guys, out of five, would probably be a four stars. I mean, with this match is just great, really fast, really frantic. You couldn't just stop because you were just watching everything that was happening throughout the match because it was just non-stop 
just like bang, 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 bang. And I thought that was really, uh, worked really well for the match. And it's just a really good match to show just how good all six men are. And it also as well helps just show just how good, um, Sting and Andrade are. Because for me, these two men are truly, truly amazing. And so then guys, the final match of the pay-per-view, the main event of the evening. And it is for the AW World Heavyweight Championship between the champion, Hangman Adam Page, versus Adam Cole, baby! Now, this match as well was a really good match too. I mean, uh, you can see just how good these both men work well together. I mean, they've worked for many years before on the independence. They're part of the Bullet Club together. They were in Ring of Honor together, New Japan and stuff. I thought it was really, really well. And also as well, I liked the attires that both men had. Like, I loved the... Um, homage from Adam Cole to Halo and I also love the whole homage uh, that Adam Page did to the LGBTQ plus community and I just think this match was just really really good and I like the fact as well that even though there was some interference in this match as well which I fucking hate interference because I feel like sometimes especially in wrestling nowadays there's too much interference if it's either wrestling interfering in the match in itself or if you have the interference with someone else's music playing and that kind of bollocks like the WWE like to do quite like the WWE like to do quite often as well which I just find it's like why what's the fucking point but I felt like the interference for me I felt it worked for the match because you can have that sort of like oh uh Bobby Fish and Conor Ryder coming out to help out Adam Cole but obviously um Adam Cole loses because I feel like one of the great moments throughout the match as well that I fucking loved was the way that um Adam Page was doing this really great like spinning move which then Cole was then able to hit him with like his kick to the face I thought it was a great moment obviously the Panama summarizes is a really really good move and even after all the interference and stuff Adam Page gets up and wins with the buckshot lariat for the one two three and it just shows how great of a baby face that Adam Page is that even through all that adversary and all the things that are stacked against him he was able to pull through and win the match and retain the AW World Championship. Now, I'll give this match out of five, guys. It'll probably be a 3.75 out of five. I mean, this match for me was good as well. I thought this match was great. Uh, there were some great moments for it. I loved the sort of like, um, like the tandem of um, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish coming out to help their power out Adam Cole to see if he can win. But I also as well, I just love the chemistry between both men. I mean... Adam Cole's is great. Uh, Adam Page is fantastic too. And I just think that with these two and just seeing how much they're able to do here, I'm excited to see what they're going to do in the future. And hopefully either at the next pay-per-view or one of the next big AEW um, Dynamites that they're able to put on a far more bigger and better match that I know that they can. And even though this was the main event in a four and a half to five hour show it was really cool just to see the fact that they were able to keep the crowd involved in the match as everyone watching at home and when Adam Page won with the buckshot lariat everyone was so excited that Adam Page won because this match helped show just how good of a baby face and how good of a world champion Adam Page can be and truly is and so then guys who my MVP of the entire show would probably have to be is a choice of two men. One would obviously be CM Punk. I mean, the fact that he was able to bring back his old uh, Ring of Honor music attire 
persona etc was fantastic i mean the fact that he was so good in his match against mgf the fact that you can see just see that great baby face fire just that hell greatness of like i fucking hate you mgf i'm gonna destroy you and it's just one of those things too that i'm gonna fucking destroy you and also as well the fact that he was able to use his smarts to notice oh the ring's in the ring now i'm gonna use the ring against um mjf at his own game and my other MVP of the entire show would probably have to be William fucking Regal. I mean, it's self-explanatory. Like I said before, I was so excited he's now in AEW. And I think that with him being given more like the backstage role that apparently um, Tony Khan wants to give him and just the fact of him being able to take the reins of the developmental program and able to help all these other wrestlers, etc. and stuff. And the most and the thing I'm most excited for is just to see how different and how much more bigger and better that AEW are going to become in the next 6 to 12 months. Well, for my match tonight, it's, it's obvious, isn't it, really, guys? It has to be... The dog collar match between CM Punk versus MJF. I mean, for me, this match was just amazing. I absolutely adore this match. And I think for me as well, it's just really, really cool just to see just how great these two men were able to bring in that whole old school mentality, the whole old school psychology. And even though, yes, a lot of the other matches were kind of seen to be to some people quite fast and just too much happening at once but I felt for me this match just worked perfectly you had the great baby face you had the great heel you had that great uh turn with law with Wardlow turning against MGF by giving Punk the ring and it's just overall just one of those matches that I think for me if people have never seen a wrestling match before they want to watch a match that just shows the pure hatred and it just shows the whole aspect of why professional wrestling is just so amazing I'll show them this match because for me this is one of my Favourite matches of the entire year so far. And I think for me is one of those matches that is a, it that if it is the way to end the CM Punk MGF feud, what a way to end it. Because for me, the MGF CM Punk feud has been my feud of the entire year. And that, my friends, was my review of AW Revolution 2022. Let me know, guys, in the comments below. We throughout this entire show. And what is your favourite match from the show, guys? Love to hear what you guys think. And also, as well, guys, please don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe to No Wrestling on all, all the different social medias, podcasting networks, and YouTube, too. This has been No Wrestling, guys. I've been your amazing host, as always, Mark Sylvester. And don't forget, guys, to take care. And always remember... Regal, 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 Regal.